Will he tip the card? I know I've said it before, but given the, the series of events that leads me into your studio today, Michael, I think there is something happening. There's something in the air. We'll tip the card here. I'll tip the card this weekend. Mick Sharkey joins Racing Pulse to preview the big races in Friday Form Focus. Uh, welcome to Friday Form Focus, and it is a Group 1 edition of Friday Form Focus. Can't wait for CFL Stakes Day. And maybe a little bit of the two-year-old picture becoming clearer. And we get the big guns in Sydney as well. Animo back in the Apollo in secret. And a pretty good two-year-old as well, Don Corleone. And he's up and about. He's confident. He's keen. Sharky is in the house. How are you, Sharknado? Very well. Miguel, how are you, my friend? Yeah, looking forward. Aren't you too dressed tomorrow. up? Very sharp. Well, this is... You haven't got the memo. We're lifting the standards around RSN Towers. Matt oh. Stewart is on the outer, and we're oh. now going to try and look the part. Oh, right. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got my new Archies on. Yeah, they are very good. The peach numbers. You've converted me. Um, so yeah. thank you again to Tony Jones convert you eventually. our Archie family. Hey, um, before we get into Sandown tomorrow, speaking of big guns, this morning at Flemington, mm. Nature Strip had his final... Um, important piece of work, a little jump out, taking on September run and rock and horse down the straight. Chris Waller was there. Andrew Bensley caught up with him. Here's a, a little bit of what he had to say, a nature strip in his jump out. On his inside, Rock and Horse coming through on the road. Nature strip leads inside the last 100 metres. He cruises along nicely from Rock and Horse into the Yeah, if you do any more than what we did this morning, you're starting to you're starting to take the freshness out of him and he's obviously a very good horse fresh. Um, this preparation, like last, we just do small pieces of work. So he had a jump out in Sydney, a trial in Sydney. The trip down's basically like a trial as well. And then, of course, this morning's workout. So um, that should have him cherry ripe for his first up run. Is he any different? No, he's not, no. Um, he's a little more relaxed in his demeanour in terms of when you see him in the jump outs and in his races. That's what's, that's been changing over the last two or three years, um, gradually. So, um, yeah, you're seeing a horse race more tractably, and, but apart from that, his, he's a normal bright self and looks great, sound horse. Do you sense that he's still got plenty of racing left in him? Um, I do, I do, but I'd be the first one to say when he's when he's had enough, we'll we'll see it, and you guys will probably and girls will see it at the same time I do. You will. Um, he just won't be the same horse on race day. So, as long as he's enjoying his work at home, um, and he'll come to the races, and we'll use the races as a measuring stick as to when his last run will be. So, he won't be going around as a tired horse and and um, racing when he doesn't deserve to be racing. The one thing I guess that you're always asked are what are the aims in a campaign with Nature Strip? But I guess each race is an aim, yeah. isn't it? Because he's now a group one, you know, every time he races, he's at that level. Yeah, well, he's a public figure and uh, it is important to to make sure they're respected in the right way. So, it's yeah, and, and like other good horses we've had, their, la their next runs could be their last run if they don't perform up to their best. So there's no sight of that that we can see. So... Um, yeah, we'll just be, be measured, take one preparation at yeah, a time, yeah. uh, reassess after each run and after each prep. Are we good to go for another prep is, is the, the question we'll be asking hopefully at the end of April. So bring on Saturday week. He's only missed the placings twice of 11 first up runs, so we know how dominant he can be 
in that return run. Yeah, that's what you'd expect. Um, we've seen in the past if you if you go too hard and you don't respect the thousand metres, it can be tricky. Um, we've brought ourselves undone by doing that before because it's a long way. So yeah, no, we, now we know the horse. Now we know that we can restrain him a little. Um, we're looking forward to Saturday, and he should run well. Well, he's seven days, eight days away now. He looked good this morning, but Rock and Horse looked pretty good in that jump head as well, Sharky. Very, very good. Yeah, love that piece of work from Rock and Horse. I know Major Strip's very fast and he's cruising along in front, but Rock and Horse uh, quickened up really, really well. So, mm, and we saw Kiwi I, Mare. We saw I Wish I Win uh, on Monday at the jump outside of Cranbourne as well. So, it will be a fascinating Black Caviar Lightning Stakes, as it is a fascinating sea of four stakes. We'll talk in depth about it when we get to the race, but just the overview of have the barriers changed your thoughts at all in the sea of four and the makeup of it? Uh, yeah, to a degree. I think it makes. I, I, look, I, I think it makes it a, tactical options sort of restricts them for a bit, as we heard. Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. saying this morning, like, on Thunderstroke, they've just got to go back now where they wanted to try something different. They can't do that. I think it makes things interesting for Tuvalu. If uh, Callsign Mav and Gentleman Roy come out running, Tuvalu could find himself on the fence, snookered, first-time blinkers. Because he doesn't ping Tuvalu from no. gate one, you know? No, Mr. Brightside, you think, from 10 would probably come across and try and box it as well. So Tuvalu might find himself in a bit of traffic. Um particularly with Turath from two. She's a pretty reliable beginner. You'd think she'd hold a spot. So, yeah, it, Barry Jules always play a big part in Group 1 races, and it's no different here. Rail out 10, how do you think it'll play? There's enough room at, at Hillside, isn't there, to, to for every horse to get their chance. It's a long, straight, bit of a sweeping turn. I don't see the rail position being any issue, particularly What's... with good, consistent weather and good ground. Well, it is going to be a warm day tomorrow, so let's see what Greg Grove thinks about what the track will be like. And he joins us. How are you, Greg? I'm good, thank you, Michael. Gee, it's a bit of a, a muggy, misty old morning in Melbourne today, but we are expecting the temperatures to rise today and tomorrow. So will you be putting much water on? We'll put on, put it on 7 mil today. We put on um, uh, 10 mil yesterday, so we're just keeping some, some moisture in the ground. And uh, uh, 28 today. Uh, not a huge amount of wind about, so yeah, as you said, it's pretty pretty humid and, and gloomy here this morning. So uh, yeah, so that's why we're only putting on seven mil, and um, we'll see how the um, see how the track looks tomorrow morning. And if need be, we'll put another uh, couple of mil on it if, if it's required. And with that rail placement out ten metres, which you've always planned for, do you think it'll be fair across the board, up on speed on the fence, and able to come down the middle of the track? Yeah, well, it's it's raced pretty well over the last uh, last few times on Hillside, so I don't reckon it's going to be any different than that. Um, we're on soft six, a soft six last weekend, which um, I, I guess forced us to move the rail out a couple of metres further than what we really intended to do. But uh, but having said that, um, we're on really high quality ground out there. So uh, and as you guys said, that uh, the track is wide enough to um, to not cause any issues. So I'm um, looking forward to it. And you're going to have a busy day tomorrow. There's uh, a few different winning posts in play. Yeah, there certainly is. We've got the, the temporary winning post in play. And uh, thankfully, the powers that be have put all those races together. So um, it's, um, uh, so logistics-wise, it's not, not a huge problem for us. So we'll just move a few things about. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, see how they go. So three, four, five, six, the 1,100-metre starts all with the, the secondary winning post? Yes, that's correct. 
Very good. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that now. Each week, I've been asking you for a good thing. Have you yeah, done right. your I've homework? Come prepared. I've, I've done my homework, Michael. <laughs> Very good. Who do you like? Okay. I reckon she dances in race five. She dances in race five for Peter mm. Moody, Jamie Carr. You picked the hardest race of the card. Uh, oh, well. Kevin Haystakes, but I like it. She's a winner. All right. That is good. Because, you, you know, um, Greg Graves is a bit of a music man himself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, she dances might be apt. What plays in a band or what are we talking here? No, 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 Sharky, no. I just uh, I know the wife is making a, uh, a lot of bad noises. Oh, plays a guitar. Oh, little, little guitar. Very good. I Acoustic like that. number. What do you play? Uh, oh, just a couple of tunes. Um, I'm, I'm, actually, you didn't see my good guitar. It was um, sitting next to it actually, but. Uh, that was out of, out of view. All right, we'll have that on display tomorrow then. Uh, no, nah, I won't be at home tomorrow. Michael, I've got a few things to do this weekend, so uh, I'll, be, I'll be here. We're going to organise a, uh, a track manager's band because we know that um, Lee Keith is a he fancies himself as a bit of a front man. I'm not sure if Marty Sinan can do anything. We get him on the... On the spoons. I'll get on the lawnmower one day, then I'll, I'll play drums for you, Greg. How's that? Uh, I'll be a bit worried about Tim Barley, what he'd do as well. But anyway. Yeah, Tim Barley, got, he would be. Yeah, you coming to Smashing Pumpkins, Greg? Uh, my, my, my son was going to take me. You know, they're, they're playing in Hastings. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, we might, we, we might go down there, yeah. I think it's a must. Greg Groves, uh, to be known as Greg Roofs. Uh, you enjoy Greg Groves. Uh, tomorrow, Greg. Uh, we'll speak to you in the morning. Okay, good stuff. Thank you. That sounds like it's picture perfect for the hillside meeting tomorrow. Oh, no, hillside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay in your lane, Sharky. Uh, let's have a look at the first. And uh, it starts off with a big, big field. And it's an interesting race. This is over the 2,400 metres. There's a few informed horses here. Uh, so unusual. We haven't seen for a few weeks, but was uh, pretty strong. Uh, it's got two in a row, three dollars eighty. Fantasizing uh, is at seven fifty. Platform eight dollars. Wahani Toa, who's been racing so well, Princeton Award made good ground last starts, eight dollars and fifty cents. Uh, and then there's our little horse called Angel at about nineteen dollars as well. There's a few inform horses here. Do you think with this big field we'll see a decent speed, Sharky? I hope so. A few of them need it, don't they? Uh, the more European stayers you have out here, the, you need a genuine tempo in these staying races. Not many of them can sit and sprint. Uh, yeah, it looks like there's enough pace. It's interesting you've got an up-and-coming horse with a good winning strike rate and so unusual uh, who's got the job done at the Valley and Hillside at his last couple. Can you be up-and-coming at six years of age? That's what... Wahini Toa sort of looks to be, doesn't it? She's Everything's clicked for her this time around. And she could be en route to a, a decent sort of two-mile race, I would have thought. You, you might find her in an Adelaide Cup after this. Mm. Um, they're the two obvious ones on paper. But I think there's a couple of imports that might really improve here. Fantasizing, or f yeah, fantasizing is one of those. Cliff Brown's team is going so well. He's got a couple of odds tomorrow that I think will outrun their price. Uh, just don't worry about a maiden. Go straight to a 64 and knock that over. That's what Fantasizing did last time at Hillside. Really good win. Dominant. Uh, it's open to more improvement. Jamie Carr is happy to stick with her. And the other one that I thought could lift on what it's been doing of late is Glentanius. There's an SMS asking, what's Sharky's thoughts on Glentanius tomorrow? Yeah, I, look, it needs to improve. 1,800 in two races where those up on speed 
were very much advantaged. They didn't help him. I don't think the Valley is going to be his course either. Uh, didn't look like it got around the corners all that well. Big track, stepping up in trip. Uh, definitely a chance here and could improve at a big price, Glentanius. But I think on form, you probably have to be with Wahini Tower, I would have thought. Getting 850, Wahini. Yeah, I think that's a that's generous, I reckon. Where do you envisage uh, that she'll be in the run from, from gate 12? Uh, probably midfield. I think they'll be hoping that there is some pace early and that she can slot in somewhere midfield. I think that'd be fair enough for Wahini Toa. So she's your bet in the first each way, Wahini Toa, oh, around about 8.50? yeah, she's the pick. I don't know if I want to bet. If I'm having a bet, I'll probably have something each way on our boy, on Angel, just for fun, just in case he bobs up at a price. But, yeah, I'm not really keen on the race. Well, it, maybe he's a place hope uh, for those out there. You never know. Five. He's got the ability. It's just, just I think with him, nah, he's a work in progress at this point. You don't win by seven lengths if you're no good. Uh, a few SMSs are coming through. Uh, what was Lindsay Smith's push tonight? Uh, tonight? Yeah, Lindsay Smith did give us one tonight. Tonight, tonight? Which was playing it safe at $9.50, $2.50 oh. in race number three. That was the best of his runners tonight. And he's got... Uh, the favourite who goes around later in the day, or one of the favourites. Um, Nothing at Colac from Lindsay? Uh, yeah, he likes... Uh, Harbin is his favourite in race seven, but he's pushing up for playing it safe at $9.50. And Colac oh. today, uh, Sing a Rainbow, uh, race one each way, six fifty. Sing a Rainbow. Mm. So there you go. Uh, boys, so unusual, beat Wahani Toa last start, will beat it again. Uh, there's another Maybe. SMS coming through. I can't believe $9 is available. Uh, too good to be true for Wahani Toa. So that's the first tomorrow at Sandown. The second is the Highland Race Colours Autumn Stakes. And this is an intriguing race because we've got some pretty smart three-year-olds returning here. Pericles, we haven't seen uh, since the Derby. I think the 2500 was just too much too soon. Uh, it's the favourite at $4.00. Amenable, 440. Calico Jack, who's got the race fitness, is at 440. The Fortune Teller, the stable mate at 550. And then um, Japanese Emperor, who was really good, winning on debut at Sandown. And you go down to Mr. Maestro and Virtuous Circle and Art Zeno, two really promising staying types. So Virtuous Circle wasn't far behind Pericles in the Vars. Um, how's this race shape up from a, a speed point of view, Sharky? Well... Who's fit enough and wants to get out and get rolling, really? Uh, Calico Jack's the answer to that question. He's probably your leader. Glint of Silver also has fitness on its side. You'd think it would be positive. The rest of them will just be trying to slot in somewhere. Um, did a little sneaky podcast with a few young blokes last night uh, on Twitter. They go uh, racing previews if you search that or if you look at my Twitter feed, you can find it and have a listen. And we were talking about this race and... So sometimes you make more money long-term on a race like this than you do when trying to find the winner of it. Like Calico Jack, everyone's sort of getting drawn towards because he's fit and in form and he'll be on speed, etc., etc. But he's beaten some pretty ordinary benchmark 64 horses of late. This is a fair old leap against these horses. Yes, he's fit. Yes, he'll be on pace. It all looks like he'll run well. But some of these horses are genuine group class three-year-olds. He might need a little bit more than fitness to uh, get him over the line against them. 
where are these horses going? You'd think Mr. Maestro would be going to um, maybe an Australian Cup, that sort of that sort of profile. I, I that think they're all. I think they're all going to a Guineas, and well, if they progress Guineas, out of that Australian Cup, I think the Derby was maybe a bridge too far, slightly for Mr. Maestro, but I could see him going to an Australian Cup this time around. So, oh yeah, fourteen hundred. You wouldn't think he'd be ready for that. Virtuous Circle going to a Guineas with a little bit of a target on that race. We might see a sharper. Virtuous circle this time around. The 14, fortune, 1400's a bit sharp for him, though, do you Maybe, think? maybe. He, he's, I think he's a horse, virtuous circle, that Liam Howley could probably train him for a 14 or 1600-metre race and get a really good result out of him. I think he probably just was going for that 2000-metre target last time around and, and so uh, had that little bit more stamina in him. Fortune Teller, I think he's a 1400-miler. He could win. Pericles... I don't think it'd be quick enough for 14. Amenable, 1,400 miler. Looks ideal for him. Mentioned Calico Jack. I don't think Glynis Silver's good enough. Art Zeno probably wants a derby trip. Japanese Emperor, I don't know. So, What did you say about 14 Teller? I think he's it, he's a winning chance in this race, for I sure. A, I think he's a very good horse. I think 14 to 1,600 is his sweet spot. And maybe the stable identify this race with a good gait, finally. As and Dave a couple of good jump outs under his belt. Finally a good gait. He set three wide the entirety in the guineas, and he was he was still in front with 150 to go. Yeah, well, he might be the one, the fortune teller. He could be the one here. Uh, not a betting race for me. Interested in the fortune teller. Blinkers off, blinker near side on, inside gate for once. Yeah, he's he's the way I want to go. It's a, a very open Australian guineas market when you you look ahead, and we'll get a yeah, lot more out of this race tomorrow. After Cabin's not going to come here. It's going to stay for the Randwick Guineas. And Jackano is the other $6 equal favourite. And you have to say there's a big question mark on whether they go Guineas with Jackano as well. Then you've got Golden Mile Legado, the Kiwi, who's racing in New Zealand tomorrow in a cracking race in New Zealand. Um, Attrition, the up-and-comer, who's looked really good from the Friedman, Mitch Friedman camp. And Bank Moore was very good last start. Then you're at the $11 fortune teller, Amenable, Mr Maestro and the like. Well, if they want to go to the Australian Guineas with Osipenko, I'm interested in him, in him at $15. Where's Elliptical go? You know, he would be... I think they're racing next week. Okay. Is it the C.S. Hayes next week? Well, if the Guineas is his target, I'd be very interested in Elliptical. Uh, the other horse that you mentioned there, Legato. You know, that, that is a very, very good filly, Legato. And if this race falls away... She is a serious chance in this race. Serious chance. Uh, morning, boys. Hosky here. Hey, Sharknado. Hosky. I hope Dave Chappelle was worth it because Fred again. Wow, we. Oh, was it, it was good? incredible. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. I like I a little double this week. Race six, number five, Uncommon James. Mm. Into race eight, number five, Corner Pocket. Uh, both very good chances. And Sharky in Adelaide for a wedding this week. Is there one tip you can give us to get us going on Saturday? That's from Hosky. In Adelaide. Oh, Hosky. I think anywhere. Have you got something early for the boys? If Hosky was given at large at Fred again, he, he might need more than a tip to get him going. Uh, but anyway, we'll find something in Adelaide for you, Hosky. Jean Valjean is over there. I think he can win going back there. I did see that when I was scrolling through earlier. I don't remember what race it's in, but I think he's over there. He can probably win that. Race four he's in, Jean Valjean. Not sure what time the wedding is. Usually they're a late afternoon affair. So $2.00. 2 o'clock. Hosky will just be uh, 
He'll have the beats going and he's be ready to launch. $2. I'm assuming. I'm making some assumptions here about Hosky, but if he's going to Fred again, then I think he might be one of my people. I've just uh, got a tip for you on the last. Bellman. Uh, good Bellman. friend of ours. Sonny Roth says, I forgot to ask Lindsay about it. So there's some stable mail. Well, uh, Bellman, one of the... Uh, uh, luckiest owners in the country. He's putting. Uh, he's going to in Nugget tomorrow as well. So good luck to Sonny and Bellman might help us all out in the last. Who's Another a three dollar eighty favourite? Joshy Rodder's in the same horse. Ah, I'm not thinking he shares the confidence. All right, is Sharky having any bets tomorrow? Come on, Sharky. You seem flat and serious this morning. Flat Lift. And serious. That's from. I'm wearing a the t-shirt press. with Jackie Felgate's face on it. Like that's not exactly serious. We, we just ignore that. Uh, the Japanese emperor... Bet in every race, Prez. We've only had two races here, pal. Just settle, settle down, Tiger. Japanese emperor is a derby horse. This is from one of our listeners. Do you concur with that? I don't know. We've seen him at 1,200 and 1,400. One was really good. One was ordinary. So I don't know what Japanese emperor is at the moment. He may well be a derby horse. He may need the sting out of the ground. Uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, he's very good on debut, don't wasn't he? What, don't know what he is. I'm, I'm keen to find out, though. Race number three is the first of the Blue Diamond Preludes. This is for the Colts and Geldings. No scratchings. Barber, who Mandy Stewart said when he spoke to James Cummings about two weeks ago, James Cummings described him as a weapon. Uh, he's two from two. J. Carr rides $3.20. Brave Halo is one of the most intriguing runners. This is over from the West, three from three. Sean and Jake Casey, $3.60. It's been well supported this week. Uh, Gangitano, $6.50. Amigo's an interesting runner. It's firm from $13 into $8.50, a first starter from the Moody Yard. And then Little Bros is also a nice chance at $9.50. You're then out to $18 plus the, the rest. Firstly, Barber. How good is Barber? Well, he looks very good. Overcoming difficulties to win his two starts. If James Cummings is saying this horse is a weapon, I'm not going to argue with him. Uh, the Hawkesbury trial was good. He looks like he's come back in really good shape. Good gate. Jamie Carr rides. Here's your obvious starting point. You're looking through the rest of these. Brave Halo. We trusting that Perth two-year-old form. He looks very fast. Uh, I don't know if I want to back him. Against Eastern States form, first up just yet. They've got Ollie on. He's obviously liking what he sees. He's not going to be jumping on something with no chance. So, yeah. Jeez, he looks. He's looked good. Yeah, he's looked he, very good. What's he beating though. Well, what's let's over ask, there. What's the depth? We, we need to understand that. Well, we, we should probably find out. I like how you put these horses just before you realise we're talking to their trainers. Uh, Jake Casey joins us. Jake, you get used to the shark. Uh, how are you now? this I'm morning, Jake? There. Yeah, good. How's it going? Uh, very well. Uh, is Sharky right to be concerned? Are you beating nothing over there, or is your boy the real deal? Um, yeah, I think he's got his fair share of ability. You know, um, uh, a couple of horses racing over there now that he was racing against um, uh, at the start of the season. And, uh, yeah, they're racing well, and so the form looks to be holding up, and hopefully he can bring it over here. I've had a few good ones through the yard. Jake, you know what a good one looks like? Um, how does he compare to some of the, the better horses that the, the stables turned out? Um, yeah, well, uh, er, er, well, seems so good early. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's really uh, impressing us and, uh, yeah, ho- hoping he can sort of uh, go on with it. And, yeah, what he's doing so far, he's shown that he can. When did the thought to target a Blue Diamond sort of 
come to mind is it just the fact that he was so early and you, you had the opportunity to, to hit these races up and and maybe look at some other eastern states targets but who who sort of planted the seed with you um well obviously when he was so impressive uh you know when he's first three over there we sort of and, and still being a cult and yet he doesn't have any bonuses at home so um uh yeah the owner wally he was sort of keen to um to to look over here and uh yeah also, far's going well. You know, he's travelled over very well and it's all looking like a, a, a doable target. Is he a horse that's pretty tractable? He looks very professional in what we've seen so far. Yeah, no, he is. He's, he's, even in his race, he's been quite versatile. You know, he's um, he, he's put himself there in his first couple of runs and then that, that last start, you know, he come back off the speed and, uh, you know, he, he attacked again and then, you know, running away from over 1,100. So, um. Yeah, he, he seems very versatile and, you know, still being a cold, he is, he is very sensible and, and easy to deal with, which which makes it easy coming over and, and having a crack at it over here. Have you got him wound up to go bang first up? I think so. I think he's very forward, but I also think he's going to improve off the run. So, um, yeah, we'll see how he goes tomorrow anyway and we'll, we'll, we can go from there. Well, getting Ollie on board's a, a nice tick of approval first up. So have you managed to get any comparison or on the form lines in your in your, in your mind where do you think he's going to level up against the uh, the eastern state rivals well yeah, i guess it's sort of hard to to tell but you know off what he's done at home his times and and you know how he does run his races i think he's going to be very suitable and um you know he, he went and had a look at the track the other day at stand down and he, he he takes everything in his stride and um yeah well i guess sort of hoping more that he can uh, run a good race. But, yeah, we're also expecting him to as well. Got a winner back home? Um, race two ain't no other man. I think, yeah, he might get his day tomorrow. He's uh, run a few places and uh, up against a couple of nicer horses. But, he, yeah, he's, he's uh, been in the placings uh, his last few. But I, I think he can get his chance tomorrow. Good on you, Jake. We wish you all the best. It'll be fascinating to see how brave Halo goes. No, thank you. Jake Casey there. Oh, I think he's got a real chance looking at his replays from the good gate, Sharky. Uh, I think he'll get a lovely run in transit. and uh, He's going to get every chance anyway. Uh, because he's there, it makes it pretty hard to have a bet with confidence if he's well above average, um, which the market, you know, if, you, if you're going on the market, he's sitting there at 360, second favourite to, to Barber, who's won a, uh, a golden gift in Sydney, which was worth a lot of money. Pardon me, and one of those early two-year-old races as well. So, and he's been described as a weapon. So, if he's a weapon and he's three dollars twenty, and the other horse is you know thirty cents different in the markets as we speak. Uh, I think you have to be a little bit wary. Some people call me. I really like the look of this horse. I think he's a faster version of Count the Headlights that they saw last year. You know, on pedigree, you'd think that he'd be getting better as a three-year-old, but he's sharp and forward enough to be up and doing it here really like that effort at Mooney Valley Gangitano was great at Caulfield hitting off uh, that last 200 metres running through the line strongly behind Little Bros I think he'll probably better Little Bros at 1100 and as they step out to 1200 and the other horse that I'm interested in having a look at is Amigo Catherine Coleman's been kicking up for this horse a bit in recent weeks they Mm. missed a run with it the other week I reckon it was at the Valley off the top of my head but yeah, they've got a lot of time for Amigo. Kicking him off in a Group 3 Diamond Prelude says that, you know, the opinion is fairly lofty. 
And the money early this week, uh, I think he opened up a pretty big price. And he's now into, what, uh, $8.50. Mm. Um, so give us your on-top selection. Barber's on top. I think we trust the Eastern States form until Brave Halo shows us otherwise. He's on top. But, yeah, I'm, I'll wait to the next race before I open the shoulders. Oh, hang on. Uh, there's a little teaser. Uh, Barber at $3.20 is Sharky's selection in the Colts and Geldings edition of the Blue Diamond Prelude. Uh, half past nine, we'll take a quick break. On the other side of this, we'll get to the Phillies and we'll continue to weave our way through the Sandown CFL meeting. I'll get to a few more SMSs. This is Friday Form Focus, presented by Racing Victoria's Vobus Programme. Victoria, the state to breed, buy, own and race thoroughbred horses. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Pulse and Friday Form Focus. Welcome back to Friday Form Focus. There's a lot of SMSs coming through here. One of them giving... Uh, that little pod you were on uh, last night, a, uh, a bit of a pump-up saying, boy, Sharky's a funny, funny man. Obviously, they must have been listening to a different podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Sharky, what do you reckon about we Nessie uh, in race five? I think $14 is well and truly overs while fresh. That's Tim from Kilsyth. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Tim. Don't let me talk you out of it, but oh, I think she got away with a couple against weaker fields last time. When she was in fields like this, she just just fell a little bit short. Hey, boys, my special Sandown tomorrow. Race nine, number eight, Sparkle. Wow, we didn't Sparkle. it trial well. Coming from Japan, could have beaten Tuvalu if they wanted to in that Geelong trial. At $10, he's the each way better of the day. That's Ray from the Mar- Murray. I don't know if you can get $10 Sparkle in the last, can you? $9 you can, so... Um, yeah, I caught that um, trial. She looked pretty good there as well, Sharky. Uh, yeah, she's got some ability. I don't know if I'm charging into her tomorrow. First up, it's been a little while since she's been able to win a race over there in Japan. She's had some stop-start sort of preps, well-spaced runs, you could say. But yeah, Danny O'Brien has had lesser Japanese horses out here for the Andersons and has got the job done. So here's one with a couple of wins under its belt. So you'd think... I reckon she could get black type in Australia, but probably against the girls at this point in time. Morning, Mick. Sharknado. Oyster here. No tip from me this week as I'm seriously out of form. Disappointing, Oyster. Now, Oyster. Confidence lost, everything lost. Oyster, if we followed that method here, we'd never have a Friday uh, form focus. No, no, he's not going too bad, Shark. However, if Western Empire runs top three tomorrow, you'll never hear from me again. Anyone who thinks this horse is a chance... They might need to visit the shrink. Good punting, lads. Western Empire, if it runs top three, we can say ta-da to Oyster. Those young fellas I was on the pod with, they were backing it at 100 to 1 earlier this week. Yeah, I can't say. I can kind of see the logic. Two runs at 1,200, gets to 14. Yeah, have we seen enough of him this time around, though? Like, have we seen... We haven't seen anything from him this time. Yeah, he hasn't exactly set the world alone. We'll wait and see. Anyway. See what he can do. Uh, Good luck to Oyster there. Uh, Race number four is the Phillies Prelude. And Charmstone has been all the rage. Opened up $2.90 into $2.30 after I think Mick Price said could be one of, if not the best two-year-old he's ever had. He's won a couple of diamonds. Cigar Flick, Chris Waller, $7. Dasonic Boom was really good on debut, $10. Shadow Fear 
is another of these WA two-year-olds coming across for Luke Fernie at $10 party for two from Queensland. Um, would be a lovely story with uh, Nikita Berryman in the saddle at $14 and then you're out to $15 plus for the remainder. So we've got form lines from everywhere here, Shark. Uh, but are you joining the Congo line of fans who are just declaring Charmstone? I took $21 about her in the Blue Diamond about three weeks ago. Oh, you're pretty happy with yourself then. I'm very happy, very, very happy with that. She is a very, very good filly. She's current favourite for the Blue Diamond without even running this weekend. So if she short, if she runs well, she'll shorten up. Uh, really nice filly. She's got strength, size about her. She is obviously intelligent because first up down the straight, just got a couple of things wrong. Second time we saw her, that track and distance, she was a different horse, knew when to quicken. Uh, put that field of fillies away in the Ottawa really easily. Jump out recently was great at Cranbourne. She just joined in, jogged up to them and and went on by. Oh, I think she's a very, very good filly. I think she's clearly the horse to beat in this race and I'm going to bet accordingly. She is the best of the day for me. Best of the day. Mm. $2.30, two-year-old in a prelude. Yeah, well... The Sonic Boom we liked last time, it won. I don't think... I didn't sort of have her in the Charmstone class. Shadow Fear, Party for Two, not sure if that form's good enough. Cigar Flicks Bread to be a very, very good horse, but 15, she's going to need some luck and a very good steer from there. And the rest of them, yeah, look, they'll take their chance, but yeah, I think Charmstone might be different gravy here. Well, you can take $5 now. Uh, you can't get the 23 that Sharky's. No point in me taking who, the 5 I can't remember, but I don't think you told the listeners to take Charmstone at $23. Listen, if I, so, if I broadcast every movement of my daily life, there'd be some things we've been in there discussing, that you probably wouldn't recommend to We've people. been discussing the two-year-olds for quite some time now, and I've been yeah, asking been. you who you think the... Top Blue Diamond two-year-olds are, and I can't clear, recall I? Charmstone coming out. I think I've been pretty clear that I thought Charmstone was uh, was right up there for me. Not sure about that. Not sure. Charmstone and uh, King's Gambit. I think they've been my two for a while. Damien, King's Gambit won't get there, I don't think. But Damien Batters is a young trainer. I think he used to sell furniture for a while. Uh, sell furniture. I, I used to make read, furniture. I think I read that. He's also. Foreman for David Van Dyke. He's got Party for Two, yeah. who is here. Spoke to him earlier in the week. This is what he thinks about how Party for Two will go. Look, if we could draw anywhere from one to five, we'd be absolutely over the moon. Um, but look, anywhere we draw, um, she'll be competitive anyway. But no, look, one to five would be absolutely ideal for her. Sadly, they've drawn barrier 12. Oh, that's a setback. So you think she'll be up against it? I think so, yeah. I think so. All right. Uh, do you know... The family that knows how to win a blue diamond are the Freebans. I think Anthony's won three of the last five, and Sam has combined with the old man to win the last two. They've got the Sonic Boom in this race tomorrow. How are you, Sam? Good, thanks, guys. How are we going? You've uh, just made a little bit more space on the mantelpiece for this year's blue diamond as well. (laughs) Uh, It'd be nice, but still got a long way to go. But it's nice to have, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully a leading chance. She looks pretty good. Joined in pretty quickly there, 
Sammy last time at this track and was pulling away on the line. She looks like a, a filly that's going to be even better as they step towards the 1,200 of a diamond. Yeah, I think that's right. She's not a um, she's not a speed speed filly by any means, and um, you know I think Spirit of Boom probably building a bit of a reputation as having speedy two year olds, but she's probably giving us the impression she's she's going to be better out to six, seven, and, and maybe even eight furlongs. So um, she's got the right mould, I think, for a, for a blue diamond candidate, and that she's going to be very strong at the end of the twelve hundred. She's just got to probably sharpen up her you know, racing craft a little bit, but um, you know, hopefully Saturday can, can be a step in the right direction. So is the plan, you're already in the diamond, is the plan just from that gate, you just got to ride her quiet and just really want her to finish off? Yeah, I think that's right. She's, she's probably, you know, we're probably keeping some blinkers up our sleeve maybe for a blue diamond. So, look, she's got good prize money but she's out there to win make no mistake she's not there to, to have a run but um she will balance up um you know, hopefully they're making ground down the middle and you know, give her a bit of room to to go through her gears she's um yeah she's getting better and better and and hopefully saturday can give us some confidence to head towards the diamond but you know you'd even see it on the line the other day she was pricking her ears and um always giving us the impression that, that she could well you know jump out of the ground with some blinkers do you agree that Charmstone's the two-year-old to beat? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably right. She's um, she's been trialling up very, very well, and and the chat's been pretty strong around her for a little while now. Um, I know Mark Zara's put a put a big rap on her, so yeah, I would say that that's that's probably right. But um, yeah, you, you generally find out in these preludes where everyone sits anyway. Can your Colts improve? Uh, goods and fire follow? Yeah, look, they need to. Both need to. They're, um, they're, they're nice horses. It, it's just that Goods, look, we wanted to ride him up on the speed. Um, and he blew the start and actually closed the race off really well. He meets probably a stronger race. Um, and, he, and he needs to begin a little bit better and hold a spot. So... Looks very well, working okay, but needs to go up a notch. And Fire Follower, he had a little buck at the start the other day, which fired him up, and then he overrates. He, he's got a really bright future. Um, I think Saturday probably tells us whether he remains a cult. If he can do everything right and just switch off, relax, he's, he's got good talent. So you know, I think of the two, he, he's probably over the odds if he can get it right, but... Um, yeah, the market's probably yeah, got it right. They both need to improve sharply. Argentia goes very well fresh. She kicks off in the Rubiton. Is she in winning form? She's going very well. Trial last week was excellent. Um, trial with a pretty good filly, I'd say, Cliff Browns, who's running on Saturday as well. They ran very good times. So um, our experience there at Balnaring, if they're running those sort of times, they generally run, uh, run very well when they go to the races. So... Confident she'll perform well. She's run into a pretty hot race. We'll ride her quietly as we do. And, look, she's heading down a path towards the new market. So um, it'll be a nice pipe opener. Hopefully she can um, be nice if she can get over the top of them. But as long as she's savaging the line, we'll be pleased. I had a little view that Glentanius might be ready to improve out of this trip and on a bigger track. Do you agree? Yes, he is. Um, but he's, in the back of my mind, I'm probably thinking he's going to be better on soft ground. So... Mm. Saturday's 
sort of a line in the sand as to where he heads for the rest of the prep, whether we just back off him and wait for the, the ground to get a bit softer. But he's had the grounding and everything right for the race. If he can let down properly on firm ground, he'll he'll run a good race. But just got that little reservation that I think he might improve on soft and heavy going. I don't mind uh, the chances of ain't no deal done on Sunday in the Hobart Cup. Um, has he travelled down there yet? He has. He, he flew down and um, he had a canter this morning. Um, he's flying along at the moment. Worked really strongly the other day. So looks a perfect race for him. He's just got to relax and run the trip. So... You know, we'll ride him quietly to, to really get the trip. And we undenied whether to keep him at the 2,000 or stretch him out. And we felt that it's the right time to, to try him at this distance. Um, hindsight, we probably should have tried him at this distance as a three-year-old. We might have got a derby before his injury. But uh, we're here eventually anyway. Good on you, Sam. Best of luck. Cheers. Thanks, guys. All right, Shark. Uh... Best of the day, Charmstone. No dangers, just load up. Oh, there's always danger. The two-year-olds, and she's fresh, but I think she's in that race. She is a standout, and I think she'll be winning it. All right, that is the Money Bank Builder, Charmstone. Race for number one. Quick break, Friday form focus after this. We'll have a look at the Kevin Hayes and get into the quaddy. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Polls and Friday form focus. Welcome back to Friday Form Focus, up to the Kevin Hayes Stakes Race 5 at Sandown tomorrow. And this is one of the most open races. It is $6 the field. She dances ahead of Ducey at $7. Laced up heels. Uh, the stable mate to the WA two-year-old trained by Luke Fernie. The only horse to have beaten Amelia's jewel. It's an $8 chance. She's lickety split first up at 10 Andrew Fallsman earlier week said... Probably going to need the run. Uh, Queen of the ball, $10. Clarity, $12. Sharknado, where do we go in the Kevin Hayes? Uh, open race, really open race. But see a couple of really sharp fillies returning here. She's going to split. I think might need a little bit more ground. H2O is pretty quick. We Nessie, oh, I reckon she might just be half a length. You know, need everything to go right in this sort of race. Laced up heels, probably wants a little bit more ground as well, I would have thought. Uh, given she's been competitive at that sort of 14, 1600 metres. She's got some speed, but you know, I think others might be a bit sharper. Uh, my old favourite, Gennady, returns. Great debut. Second start, yeah, it was okay. I thought she'd probably go and win that, but Thrombone's gone off and been sold to, to Hong Kong and he was well above average, so maybe just ran into a good one that day. And then they might have pushed a little bit too deep into the winter and, and she didn't come up in the spring. He's gone up for a break. Not sure if she was injured in that race when we saw her in the Captain Tebes, but two jump outs have been very good against older, more seasoned horses. She's won them both. She's looked sharp doing it. Oliver's with her again from an inside gate. Winker's on. I will have a little bet on her. Rich Fortune is a very good filly. She's going to stand them a fair old head start, but few will finish as hard as her late. Might not be her day tomorrow, but I think there's another race coming for her very soon, Rich Fortune. Do say is fit, up on speed, hard to beat as well, stable or confident. That was a horse that Kieran Maher wanted to uh, give us on Monday morning at Cranbourne Trials, wasn't it? Mm. You know, talking about all the superstars, and he just quietly said, oh, I think Do say will run a really good race. Yeah, it's drawn a good game. It's often well. that horse that he, he mentions, tacks onto a conversation like that that you want to be backing. 
All right, so Gennady at a good price. Uh, I know you love her. You're very loyal. Thirteen dollars four twenty. That's too actually, long for a horse of her ability. That's generous. Peter Snowden actually gave us a better push for the stablemate, Cythera. Okay, um, yeah, Cythera's a nice horse at, too. At fifteen dollars, which is Mark Hunter's Rammer Ruffy mm. as yeah, well. Yeah, really nice horse too. Uh, the Rubidon's a great race. Gee, I'm intrigued to see Uncommon James back three forty. Chain of Lightning four dollars eighty. Generation Marine One and I think Lofty Strikes a big price. Opened up six dollars out to nine dollars. Uh, let's have a listen to what Matty Hoisted had to say about Uncommon James, who we get to see back at the track. I think he's still got a tiny little bit of improvement in his coat, and, and like although he's only had the two racing preps, he, he definitely improves with the run. And um, you know, he's sort of been more explosive, sort of second up. So I think he and Matt's sort of really good going into the Oakley Plate. But like you said, he's it's a it's a big test. You know, um, it's a definitely. Uh, much stronger field than he met in the the regal roller, so we're going to get get a bit bit of a guide on on where we sit in the sort of grand scheme of things come Saturday. So um, yeah, really looking forward to it. You got to believe what you saw in the spring before he um, went out. Eleven hundred first up in the Rubiton. Are you happy to play at three forty? Yeah, I'm backing two horses in this race. Best on speed horse. It's a bit like that race we talked about last week, where we when you hit it with the best on speed horse and the best closer, uh, British Columbia and unusual culture. Similar story here. Uh, Uncommon James is the best of those on speed, although you know he'll probably take a sit given the tempo in the race. Oxley Road uh, will will go forward. Kemal Passer, Semion will go forward. I reckon Uncommon James just gets the beautiful stalking run on those. The other key here is that Damien Lane can keep Chain of Lightning back and inside him for as long as possible. I know it's a long straight, but Chain of Lightning drawing in and having that speed, I guess, to sit in the first part of the field, she might find herself in an awkward position here, uh, Chain of Lightning. Might need uh, the gaps to come a bit earlier than perhaps Jamie Carr would like, although Jamie Carr... She's an absolute star at getting them out into clear running, isn't she? I think Uncommon James gets the first run. He can let down and quicken. Would like to see him drop his head and lower a little bit. You know, when we saw him at Caulfield, just had that tendency to hold the head a little bit high. Uh, he's a main bet for sure. Lofty strikes the other one. Don't know how good this horse is. Well, it was this, form this was day great. last year that he blew them away and raced into favouritism for the diamond. Yeah, we backed him that day and he did not let us down. It was a very, very good win. Uh, Blue Sapphire Heavy 10 wasn't his ground. Coolmore, he's run out of his skin on a soft seven again. Didn't look comfortable in the ground. Got onto a good three. Just happened to be in the champion sprint against, you know, Rockin' Horse and Nature Strip. He's beaten a length. He's beaten a length. So, yeah, he's a very good colt. I'm surprised he's $9. Well, exactly. And it gives you an opportunity. You can can back two horses in this race and, and make a buck. You can decide whether you like Lofty Strike more and save on Uncommon James. Or if you like Uncommon James more, you can play there and still bet and make a profit on Lofty Strike. That's what I'll be doing. All right, Uncommon James, Lofty Strike, the two-bet strategy in race number six, which is the Rubiton. Uh, time for the 10 o'clock news. We'll be back with the quaddy, including the Group 1 CF4 stakes, and we'll also be looking at Sydney. Josh from Horsham with his best around the country circuit as well. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Polls and Friday Form Focus. Welcome back to Friday Form Focus with the Shark. We're up to uh, the feature race, which is the Group 1 $750,000 CF4 stakes. First leg of the quaddy at Sandown. And Sharky, the way this race sets up is going to be fascinating because 
Jack and O's drawn perfectly in gate four. Is now into $3.50 favourite, firming up from $5. I'm Thunderstruck has gone the other way. The stable made up to drawing gate nine. $3.50 out to $4. Tuvalu's drawn the pole. $6. Blinkers on first time. Gentleman Roy is the other one who's got fitness on his side and likes to race up on the speed. Six fifty Nugget, stepping up in class, has been a firmer. 11 into 9. Mr. Brightside, first up, drawn the outside. $10. Churath is almost a little bit over, I think. $21 yeah. from gate 2. And then Aegon, 26. Call sign map, 31. And Western Empire is the outsider at $41. Tell us the speed map first, Sharky. Well, I think most people are across it. Gentleman Roy probably leads. Call sign Mav goes forward. Mm. Turath tries to hold a spot. Third, fourth, somewhere like that. Uh, Tuvalu's the horse that may find itself in traffic from one. Blinkers on if it doesn't ping them. If it's crossed early, uh, might find itself in a pocket there. Blinkers first time. He will need them to go at a, a genuine gallop uh, to stop pulling, I would suggest. But yeah... Lindsay Smith's always, you know, as he said to us this morning and he said to us before, the feel from jockeys is it'll be a better horse in blinkers. They want to test the theory. Uh, I just think blinkers first up is a bit of an... There's an element of risk there on horses when they're having them on for the first time. Well, the one man who'll be trying to stop that is Jared Fry, who rides Tuvalu, and Jared joins us this morning. How are you, Jared? Good, thanks. How are you? Very well indeed. Is there any... Any concern about what Sharky's saying? Blinker's first time from gate one. If he's a little slow out, you could be in a tricky position. Uh, look, we did we did a bit of work with him on Monday with the blinkers on, and um, he's a professional. And um, I don't I don't I don't think it'll be a problem. Do you think it'll sharpen him up? The blinkers will sharpen him up out of the gates, or is it more sort of in running, Jared? That you're thinking that that the gear change will help the horse. Oh, just when I trialled him at Geelong uh, the other week, he was just very, very laid back and um, I think sort of going to the 1400, um, they're going to be obviously pretty sharp. So um, well, the idea was um, putting the blinkers on, going to the 1400. Um, and yeah, like I said, the piece of work that we did with him, with the blinkers on, um, it, um, yeah, I was really happy with it. It's a good opportunity for a group one, isn't it? Uh, Lindsay said this morning, he said, oh, I've, I've wound him up. I've said him we want to get a group one early. Um, and he was enormous when he returned in the in the Rupert Clark on a heavy track, which probably didn't help him as much as well. Are you are you confident if the brakes go your way that, you know, he can win tomorrow? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, he won the Turak off barrier one. Mm. The race shape will probably look quite similar with Gentleman Roy going forward and, um, if we can get the same sort of run we did there, um, he'll be in the mix for sure because the horse just doesn't know how to run a bad race. That's the beauty of him, isn't it? He's he's pretty foolproof. And I guess what you said before is he's so calm and relaxed and laid back. It sort of helps him step up to these big occasions. He can handle it and the ability carries him the rest of the way. Yeah, he loves it. He gets a little strut going around the mountain yard. He, he knows he's pretty good and... Um, yeah, he just doesn't know how to run a bad race. Triple Missile is a pretty sharp horse. Uh, probably better at 1,200, but how's he going ahead of his return in the Rubiton? Yeah, I trolled him at Geelong also, and um, probably better horse when he gets, once he gets the blinkers on. He didn't troll his blinkers on the other day, so um, 
he's got a dynamic turn of foot, so he'll probably get back off back off him. And if they roll along genuine enough, he's really, really sharp when he lets down. So obviously it's a step up in grade, but it'll be interesting to see where the horse measures up. You've got a big few days. You're riding everywhere. Uh, Colac today, give us your mail on uh, Lindsay's uh, couple. Who's the best of Singer Rainbow and One Thing Counts? I'd like the first horse. Uh, trialled really well. Um, the only concern I've probably got is it hung out a bit in the trial and just a matter of it um, getting around the track. But if it gets around the track, it, um, it'll be in the finish for sure. And... The messenger's been smashed as well. Uh, Andrew Noblet's runner that you're riding in race six, so good chance there. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, he's got consistent form as well. Um, Nobby's a great trainer, drawn a good gate. So, um, yeah, like it's only, only just narrowly went down, <clears throat> narrowly went down last start, and uh, this time in it hasn't run out the top four, so you'd think it'd be in the mix again. And Shark, you've got to be keen if you're travelling from Colac to Mooney Valley for one ride at 9.45. Just a theory for Mitch Friedman. Is this a, a lead we should follow? Yeah, the horse is going really well. Um, uh, obviously, one the last two times I got on the horse, it's um, altered in both times, and um, Matt, like, going by the speed, Matt looks like it'll get a good run from the gate, and uh, Mitch's team firing, and uh, I, I think it's got a good chance. What hey, about Jared? the greyhounds? How are they going? <laughs> yeah, they're ticking along. Ticking along all right. We don't, we don't have too many in work at the minute. We've got a few uh, half a dozen pups coming through. So, But, um, yeah, no, I can't complain. We might have a few more pups if Tuvalu can get another group one uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Mate, best of luck. No worries. Thanks for having me on, mate. Jared Fry joining us there. SMS, hey, gents, I know he's a good horse, but Thunderstruck has only won one from his last 11 starts. If he wants to be one of the best horses in the country, he needs to start winning races. That's from the doctor. Uh, what's your thoughts on Thunderstruck tomorrow? I think he'll run really well, but he's got to go back, doesn't he, now from the gate. Sandown will help him you know, flood into the race with that big, long straight. He can just go through the gears. It's a question of how quickly those in front of him let down. And the problem for him is he's got to give three and a half kilos to a very good three-year-old. Three-year-olds have had a lot of success in this race over the years, and Jack and O's best win was in a golden rose at the trip. It's the only time we've seen him 1,400, and he beat uh, a few horses that went pretty well following that race. In Secret won a Group 1. Golden Mile won a Group 1. She's Extreme won a Group 1. And Zoo Tiger was in that race too, and we've seen him resume and run second and a half cabin. So I think the form is right out of that 1,400-metre test for Jack and O. He's, so my, he's my bet. You're with Jack and O in the oar. I am, yeah. And I'll be playing Quinella's, Exactors, whatever I feel obliged to tomorrow with Turath. I reckon she's the overs in the race yeah. and she'll run really well. All right, so give us your quaddy numbers first leg. Quaddy numbers uh, second leg. Uh, First leg was the Rubiton. Oh, I didn't get your numbers in the Rubiton. Yeah, well, you missed it. Why didn't you play? No, no, you skipped over it. I didn't, look, I didn't want to bother you with it, but anyway. I've been a race behind. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to pull me up, Sharky. Right. I'm going to be cheeky. Go I'm back. Go, I'm just going to run 5 and first 12 leg, in the first leg. 5 and 12? Mm, yeah, I'm going to be cheeky there. So Uncommon James and Lofty Strike. Yeah, special mention I to can understand uh, that. Chain of Lightning and Oxley Road, but we're going to go with those two. All right, see so you all stakes. Uh, I'm going to run with one. I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put Tuvalu in. 
you got Lindsay to Smith's commentary about this horse and how it's come back and the blinkers, it's just silly to ignore it, I reckon. One, three, and I'm going to put ten in. They're the only three I'm going to put in that race. One, three, and ten, Jack and O. So mm. you're playing Quinellas and Trifectas with Turath, but you're not putting it in. Well, no, because I don't think he can win. Okay. But I think it'll run a really Gentleman good race. Gentleman Roy, no? No, I don't think he's up to these. Okay. Yeah. Nugget will run a really good race. Um, Australian Blood Sox set a couple for this race over the years. Brave Smash nearly won it. Mawingo nearly won it. Yes. So they've had a couple of unlucky runners. And again, Kieran talking to us on Monday suggested the horse was ready to run a really good race. Got good residual fitness too. It was deep into that last prep, wasn't it? So it's been a bit of a skidding start to the quaddy in the first two legs. Five and 12 into one, three, ten. Uh, the third leg of the quaddy is the T.S. Carline Cup. And, gee, there's a, a groundswell of support, and you could see why for corner pocket. Drops a lot in weight. It's drawn a good gate. Uh, a lot of these are stayers resuming. Um, Sunshine Rising is an interesting runner. Keen to get your thoughts here first up. Money's come for it. 6.50 into 4.60. Pounding beat corner pocket last start, but it's drawn wide, and I think it's about a five-kilo turnaround. Airborne at the moment though, seven dollars crossover nine fifty, and then you're out to eleven dollars plus. Are you with Corner Pocket? Corner Pocket will be extremely hard to beat. Another case of best on speed horse, best closer. Corner Pocket's your best on speed horse. He's super tough. Uh, he he's he's the one that you want to be with you know, in terms of being race fit, sitting up on the pace, everything else. He is an absolute bet in this race. Sunshine Rising, I think, is the best closer. We've seen him a couple of times in Australia on the back of really good trials where uh, the market loved him first up. Leader dominated the race that day, Darjan. He ran on well. Then they went to a race where he drew barrier 25 or something like that. He couldn't have won that race. He was last on the turn and he's run home and been beaten three. So the horse has ability. I think he'll finish really, really well and he'll be set for a big run first up. Smoke and Romans is the only other one in the quaddie for me. Class horse. Uh, Group one winner of a Turnbull. Goes wet, goes dry, usually runs well early in a prep. Residual fitness from a Melbourne Cup. He'll run a really nice race, smoking Romans. And good push from Dave Eustace this morning at about $18. Yep. Uh, 156. The one, rest of them either, I think they'll be found out in this race or they're looking for more ground. So number one, uh, smoking Romans, $18. The five is Corner Pocket and Sunshine Rising, the six. Is that a, a double bet play with the five and the six? It sure is, Miguel. And that brings us to the last, which is a tough end to the oh, body. Why do they do this to us? $7 the field. Oh. Uh, Savannah Cloud, probably better suited back to 1400 Good gate. Here to shock is the equal favourite at $7. Munamek, nine. Sparkle, nine. And then you just keep on going. Why not make the Kevin Hayes a leg of the quarter instead of this? It's just disgusting. Well, what's wrong? I mean, the Kevin Hayes is pretty tough as well. Uh, yeah, but at least you've got, you know, some class horses. You benchmark 84 here with horses with numerous convictions, a lot of them first up. Like, give us a break. We're just poor punters trying to get a quaddy. It's not fair. Well, you know what it is? It's not right. You've gone reasonably skinny. So how many in the last? Field. Uh, no, 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 Uh Here to shock if it doesn't melt, I think, can win this race. Just got too hot last time and cooked himself. He's the horse to beat. Sparkle goes in. Yep, nice jump out. It's been a while since she's won, but Japanese form usually stands up to a pretty high standard here, doesn't it? 
She's beaten a horse. I think people are getting carried away on it. First ever start or something. She beat a horse that was placed in a Group One three seasons later. You know that, that can happen. Um, I don't think it means that she's a Group One horse. Although I do think she can get black type here. Netanyahu going well. Goes in the quaddy. Eagles Crag is a really nice horse. Uh, he goes in the quaddy for sure. I know Archie Alexander was very confident about it last campaign and just found a few little problems there in running sometimes. East India man's going really well. Blow-ins on the up. I think they're your, probably your, your horses for the quaddy. 3, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13. 3, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13. You've left out number one, Savannah Cloud. Yeah. Drawn to get the perfect run. Uh, Back been to up for a long time. It was a, it was a really good run at the valley. I reckon they went hard, too hard. He had fifty three and a half kilos after winning and four in a row. Doesn't quite run a mile. Mm, yeah, well, I'm taking a set against it here. No, not happy with uh, Munamek. Again, he's been up forever and a day. Is he getting better this prep? Probably not. All right. So Sharknado uh, spearing Savannah Cloud in the last. So three, eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So the quaddy numbers take these down. Five, twelve. Into one three ten, into one five six, into three eight, ten eleven twelve and thirteen. So what's that? Two by three is six by three is eighteen. One two three four five six. Eighteen times six. What's that? Uh, Ninety eight bucks for a dollar. Something like that. All right. That's... I noticed you've never done the maths before, but given the skinny start, you were confident there in your <laughs> in your calculations. Then I got myself into trouble. Yeah, yeah. It, it widened up. Uh, best of the day. Best of the Chips day. Chips in Charmstone. Charmstone. Okay. Best of the day, for sure. We're yeah, gonna take, like it. We're going to take a quick break. I want to get your thoughts on Sydney after this. Uh, Josh from Horsham, a few more SMSs. Anything out wide, that's all coming up next. Inside the weekend's biggest races, RSN 927's Racing Pulse and Friday Form Focus. Uh, welcome back to Friday Form Focus. Uh, the weather, it's been a little wet in Sydney, but we've a little spoken wet. to... well. Which doesn't seem as bad as what everyone's talking about, to be honest. Uh, we've spoken to Michael Wood, the track manager, who said that it is rated a soft five. Penetrometer 5.38. The rail's true. They had a 29mm um, storm yesterday. So uh, they've had 56 for the week. 28 degrees today. 29 degrees and sunny tomorrow. Uh, so currently soft five. And they're tipping B on a good fall by the start of play. So, Daniel O'Sullivan's just put... Something similar out, saying 29 mils of rain in the last 24 hours, yet the track has gone from a 7 to a 5. So. Yeah, well, God, they were getting 127 uh, during <laughs> spring. So I, I had to laugh. Punders put out a very good um, a very good tweet yesterday saying, how do you know, how do you know it's autumn carnival time? And it was a, a news grab with a little warning saying, Sydney morning extreme <laughs> rainfall. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sharp. I like that. Well, fingers, I like that. Fingers crossed it's not going to be too wet because I'm I'm keen to see this meeting on a decent track. We'll start with the big guns. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit like half cabin. It was a dollar ninety. Now it's a dollar seventy animo. It's just the best horse. Do we best horse. back it first up with confidence? I think we do. Yeah, I think we do. I think we just have a have a lash. I'm keen to see how El Bodegon resumes. Mm, a bit like Sulcum a week ago. Everyone was getting terribly excited about Sulcum. Sulcum's a stayer. I don't think the mile first up was ever going to be in his favour and the market 
those that wanted to lay Sulkham made a lot of money last week. Uh, I think Elbottigan's a sharper, more nimble, athletic sort of horse. So I could see him running really well here, but I think Animo should have him at that trip. be interesting if he comes down for an all-star mile or a... Australian Cup, El Bodegon, it'd be, it'd be hard to beat in those races. In Secrets, the other one, $1.85. Um, all you need to do is look at how she won the Coolmore. And you're getting a, a $1.85. What's the what's the the reservation about In Secret tomorrow? I think there is one. She's an outstanding filly. She beat the best of the boys in the Coolmore and the girls. Second in a Golden Rose. Uh, I, I can't really see a reservation. I know she was turned over first up in the Silver Shadow last time around, but on top of the ground, mm, I think she's got most of these covered. She's a belter, will run well. Sunshine in Paris is fit. It's been backed. Yep. Look, it's $13 into five fifty. Obviously, he's a gotcha come A horse of better than average up. ability, Sunshine in Paris. So yeah. you take the Blue Army double? I think we do. You can get... Uh, what can you get for just this uh, little double? Hang on, where is it? Um, $3.14. Yeah. To cheer them home. And I think you can add in Norwegian Bliss in race nine, the Triskay. It's a $3.50 chance, so that certainly adds a bit of juice into it. Mm. Um, first up, there was a good push from Kiramara as well for Swats that first up tomorrow. Oh, look. I think... The last time Swatsat won a race, I had long hair. <laughs> Norwegian Bliss has only been beaten on one occasion. It was a pretty good run that time at Caulfield as well. Uh, there's a few SMSs here, and there's been a bit of a push for Waterford in the last as maybe yeah, one of the better bets. Yeah, frothing on Waterford. I'm going to try Pizarro again in that race. And then the English Millennium's an interesting race because... Very hard. Learning to fly is drawn the car park... It's a two dollar ninety favourite. Have you got a thought in the two year old? Uh, I'm gonna look. I live in a house of all females, so I'm gonna go with the omen bet to a degree with Kundalini, which of course you would know is the uh, divine feminine energy that you try and release or tap into if you're doing a Kundalini yoga practice or some tantric uh, meditation or breath work. So, and that's what your wife specialises in. She does actually. That's <laughs> it's her job. So, yeah. Uh, Kundalini for me, I thought its run to Don Corleone first up was great. And from a good gate, whereas learning to fly, Blanc de Blanc, Arkansas Kid have all drawn horribly wide. I think Kundalini and Lazago, their stock soar in that race. Yeah, Kundalini was a good push from Dave Eustace this morning as well. Um, are you giving Espiona another chance? She's favourite, can you believe it? Yeah, no. We know the ability she's got, but... I'd rather give Quantico another chance before Espiuna. And Peter Snowden, when we spoke to him during the week, he said, I'm not going to run Kings Gambit and Dawn and Don Corleone. We'll wait to see the barriers. Kings Gambit's been saved for next week after yep, drawing, drawing wide. wide yeah. And Don Corleone's now $1.65 mm -hmm. in the Piero play. Very short. Not for me at that price, but yeah, good colt. Who's the best two-year-old in your mind right now? Mm, interesting... I do like, I do like Charmstone. Do like Charmstone. We just, we just haven't seen enough of that Sydney Melbourne form meet yet. Couple of Charmstone. Couple of quick SMSs before we get to Josh from Horsham. I told you I got in trouble with that quaddy. Ian from Ballarat says, "Hey Michael, it's one hundred and eight dollars Sharks quaddy. One hundred and eight dollars for the Sharknado." Okay. 
Geography was your major. Uh, race seven, number two, tap and run tonight at the Valley. Tap Stubbs has brought two horses down for the kill. Do yourself a favour, boys. Mm. Uh, good morning, gents. Out wide for you tonight at Canterbury. Race six, number five, Essential Sky, 40 to one. Holy moly. Don't write it off. I've got a bank builder for you boys tonight at the Valley. Race four, number 12, uh, Takara is at $4.20. Load up. And our old mate Leroy from Perth. Uh, sorry, boys, it was a terrible week last week, but we'll put that Don't down to moving, Leroy. Uh, the moving of race day. Great to see you. WA heavily represented in Victoria tomorrow. Brave Halo is a classy animal, and Laced Up Heels, the only horse to knock off Amelia's jewel, I think both will run brilliantly. Um, tomorrow we see Angelic Miska around again in race eight. She'll be hard to beat. Pair it up with all the King's men in race seven for a nice all-up play. Go well, lads. Leroy in WA. I'm going to take that. Uh, why has J-Mac been bounced from In Secret? Uh, that's, uh, you know, I actually was thinking something similar, but he was riding Zugotcha for mm. the Wallace Stable. So obviously there's a fair connection with the Wallace Stable. Mm. Um, I'm not sure whether James McDonald will come down to ride In Secret in the new market. We'll have to wait to find out what other clashes he might have there. Mm. Um, last one before we get to Joshy. Um Nice place bet in the last at Randwick tomorrow. Rocket Tiger, that is from Justin. Uh, quick one, have you got anything at the Valley you like tonight, Sharky? Uh, no, haven't got that far yet. You I must... do like a few in Tassie. All right, let's get Joshy out of the way because he's been holding on and we know he's a very important man and then I want to talk to you he's about He's crutching sheep or Tassie something like tonight. that as we speak. Josh from Horsham joins us. How are you, Josh? I'm really, really good, boys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're excited. We're looking forward to a big weekend of racing. Are you confident this weekend? Always confident, but Group 1 racing, how good. We're back, eh? Yeah. Have you got a thought in the CFO? Um, I'm sticking with... I've been a fan of Jack and O for a long time. Um, Damien Lane's sticking with Jack and O rather than going over to Turak. That's, that's probably good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be hard to beat. Hey, we got the Colac Gold Cup today, and we've got a great weekend of country racing. Where are we going for your best bets? Yeah, we'll start at Colac today. We'll go race six, number six, Jennifer Wish. Um, she won this grade at Pakenham last start. Uh, Piaggio, who won last night, was over four lengths of stern from her there, um, and it came and won really well at Pakenham last night in this grade. So the form stacks up. It's um, drawn to get a ripping run, and I think it can just win again. That's race six, number six, Jennifer Wish. And you can get $3.90 for Jennifer. Yeah, that's on the way in too. Um, just a bit of an aside, but for any thrill seekers, there's an ex-Victorian galloper, El Magnificent, uh, is a great show in the 4th of Darwin today, I'm told. And that's, that's come through from a part owner. That's not mine, but um, if you're excited enough to go to Darwin, I think it's about 7 o'clock tonight. That's race 4, El Magnificent. Oh, it's $7. Uh, then we'll skip Saturday. We'll go to Werribee on Sunday. Race three, number three, Irish Cricket. So it was very good on debut. It chased Gold Revolver. Um, Gold Revolver came out and won at Flemington on uh, Rapid Racing Day, I think it was, and starts well in the market of the Valley tonight. Um, extra 200 metres here. That looks like it'll suit. Uh, it's drawn to get a good run. It'll camp behind the leaders. Um, I think it can be pretty strong late and hard to beat. So that's race three, number three, Irish Cricket. I like that. Anything else at Werribee? Yeah, nothing else at Werribee, but we better have one at Narracourt, just over the border, race three, number one, Frosty Lass. Um, it was it was disappointing, a great Western first up, but um, an extra furlong here, uh, 
looks like it's in its favour. Um, and there's some horses in this race with a few convictions against them. I think you can break through against uh, some pretty limited opposition here. That's race three, number one, Frosty Lass. Race three, number one, Frosty Lass. So, Josh, we kick off your weekend. Race six, number six today at Colac. Jennifer Wish about 390, 360, 390. Werribee on Sunday, race three, number three. And Narracourt on Sunday, race three, number one as well. Uh, good work, Joshy. Yeah, no, have a great weekend, boys. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Josh. Josh from Horsham. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Tassie because mm. this is a huge weekend, Tasmania, today. Uh, we've got the running, uh, and it's a bit of a twilight meeting, really. It the is. Tasmanian Derby, where, of course, we get to see Dunkel. Mm. Dunkel's $1.33, stifles the market. Midnight Glow, six fifty. Is there any danger to Dunkel, Sharky? I don't think so. I think he'll be winning that. So whether you want to take the shorts, sole choice goes around in the strut. The lead up to the Tassie Oaks. She should be too good there, controlling and, things. And she's got the Dunkel form, obviously. Mm-hmm. She was $1.65 when I last looked. She's now into $1.45. Dance to Dubai goes over for the Bow Mistress in great form for moods. Carleen Heffel gets a chance to win a group race, yeah, which is good. great. Drawn a wide gate. Uh, the uncle has Emily number nine in this race, and what this has been. Last uh, they she basically melted on the drive to Hobart, so they've gone a day, a couple of days early here, so she could settle in because it is a bit of a long drive. There's a lot of road work, so tell me on that road down to Hobart at the moment, and she just didn't handle that trip, so she can bounce back. Uh, race three is the uncle's best number three, Chinchero. Got beaten last time, won't get beaten today. I like it. Race three, number three. Maybe you can. Roll up a little shorty multi. Um, mm. oh, um, I shouldn't get myself excited. I shouldn't do it. No, do it. Get excited. I like it. But then you, you could roll it into no, Animo. It. Just roll it into everything. This is the weekend. I'm telling you. Tatslotto. This uh, is it. Embella is a big price too in that bow mistress after uh-huh. it's a good trial. $16. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we've got the uh, Hobart Cup on Sunday. Matty Stewart, Dan Malecki will be down there for RC. Yeah. Going to get off the leash, I hear the boys. Yeah, they're keen. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sharknado, you have a big weekend, mate, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. You too. Now, before I go, Michael, we just got an email through here from the VRMA from Carl Diorio, the secretary. Uh, Tony Burke, obviously really sad. Yes. Uh, the king passed away earlier this week. His funeral will be held next Friday, February 17th at Springvale Crematorium at 12.30 in the Boyd Chapel if people would like to attend and pay their respects. So uh, there'll be plenty of racing people, I'm sure, want to go and pay tribute to the King, who was very, very good to me. And you worked, worked with him? 17 years ago. I started at the wow. age and uh, as a 22-year-old, and he was very, very good to me yeah. throughout my career. So, yeah, he'll be... Very sadly missed the King. No doubt about that. Um, give those details to uh, Mickey Comerford. We'll put that out on the social media, RSN Twitter handle as well. Uh, good on you, Sharky. Good punting over the weekend. Uh, that would say very comprehensive Friday form focus. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with fast form, a double header on this Friday.